Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 413, covering Et in Arcadia Ego, Part 1. Hi, friends. It's week eight, eight, eight nine, 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 nine. Week nine. We've been doing this week for nine of Picard. Yes. Yep. Uh, we were we were supposed to have a guest this week, and unfortunately, there was there was some sickness involved. We don't think it is the you know the thing. The thing. But uh, get well, Bob. Yeah. Hope, hope everything's okay. Um. So that said, my summary uh, happened in the, <laughs> in the last hour. So <laughs> if it's a little more meandering than even my usual style, I apologize in advance for that. But uh, massive respect to people who who summarize this show for us because oh my god, so much stuff happens. Yes, yeah, seriously, this is so busy. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot going on, and you know that's good. Like I feel like I'm yeah. getting good good entertainment uh, bang for buck. And you know yeah. I don't know what 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 are your thoughts still like like is... how are you up down like are you, are you lot, liking it more or less? There's a lot going. On. I, no, I'm still I'm still here for it. Um. There's some bits in this that this one I felt kind of got uh, draggy, but uh, for the most part, still I'm still I'm still here for this. I I would say I'm still at about seventy five percent. There's there's mm-hmm. things I don't like, but there's things I'm still really enjoying. The plot I as more becomes uh, clear to us, I'm not super crazy about. Sure, but also uh, they kind of course correct it. Like last week, I assumed. Oh, now that this is true, that's going to mean this and this and this. And they did avoid some things that I thought they were going to do. So, like, they're they're still managing to surprise me is what I'm saying. Oh, good. So, uh, but let's let's go ahead and talk about what happened in Et in Arcadia Ego Part 1. Great title. <laughs> JLP and his merry band of murderers, snake juice addled conspiracy theorists, and beautiful perfect men with mermaid tattoos... <laughs> I'll pop out of a perfectly serviceable Borg transwarp conduit over the Cylon promised land of Earth. Excuse me, the Ghoulion system. Population, a bunch of ghouls, I guess? <laughs> On the spectrum of dumb planet names, Ghoulion does rank as less dumb than Grief Planet, but definitely dumber than Free Cloud. Also, Ghoulion is the only, only the system and not the world itself, which is called Copelius, so there's no need to write in and tell me that I got this wrong. You'll have plenty more opportunities for that in the discussion to come. Trailing behind La Serena like so much Boba Fett was <sighs> Chad, who uses typical Romulan trickery to typically trick them like the Romulan he is. Ah, oh, those Romulans, you can't trust them at all. Then Seven of Nine shows up in that old Borg truck she likes to fix up, and this might be the first time in Trek history that we've been kind of excited to see a Borg cube. But then the planetary defenses, in the form of some giant space orchids, uh, no, seriously, appear and shoot down all three vessels. Now it's time for the opening credits, and Jesus, if I hadn't said this before, and I literally just did, but let me say it again, I have crazy respect for everyone who summarized the show for us so far. There are so many things! Okay, so the crew of La Serena are okay, except that now they know Space Dad has probably Eremotic Syndrome, but also has forbidden us all of speaking of it. Together, they visit the remains of the artifact, which looms on the horizon and reminds us that someone on this effects team definitely saw the last Star Wars movie. There, they chat with Seven, yay, and Elmo, boo, and ask the Borg sensors a question that probably auto-completes in their browser window after like two letters, where are all the robots at? This takes our gang to Capellius Station, where indeed all the robots are at. 
And by robots, I mean androids, all right? Don't be that guy. Everyone hates that guy. Everyone here is young and pretty and at least partially naked. It's like if the TNG crew left Data behind on that paradise planet in the episode Justice and then came back 30 years later to discover they'd built an entire culture around him. They also have names like Saga and Arcana, which I guess is an okay reference to Data and lore, but I'm much more interested in their robotic cat, Spot 2, which is an actual thing from this episode and not a silly joke that I made up. Also here, and also not entirely a joke, <coughs> Alton Soong, son of Noonien. At first, this felt like a bit of a cheesy retcon to me, but it's definitely in character. We were constantly meeting people from that guy's life that nobody had ever talked about before, so alright, that tracks. Soong and his shirtless robot, robo-cult, trade notes with JLP and his crew, and one of them mind melds with Agnes to hear the whole saga of the grief planet. And now these synths completely understand their collective destiny and their place in the universe. Now that they've heard this message that was originally sent by ancient aliens, then given to people who were driven almost completely mad, then transferred to a human via mind meld, then transferred again via another mind meld. The idea that maybe part of this message might have been lost or otherwise corrupted by this extremely elaborate game of telephone never really comes up. Soon lightly scolds Agnes for murdering Bruce Maddox. His exact words are, shame on you, delivered in a very <laughs> level tone. Then offers her a job, because once again, Star Trek is weirdly forgiving when it comes to people who kill other people. Then <sighs> Brett shows up and gets captured. And while the show has avoided so many of the stale tropes that Trek has lazily employed low these many years, they don't manage to avoid putting their bad guy in a transparent cage so he can taunt slash tempt our heroes, which he does. This somehow, question marks, results in one of the Soji-type androids letting herself into his prison and making out with him, which naturally, exclamation points, results in his escape. Many, many Romulan ships are about to rain green fire upon the Ghiblion system, but the synths feel like they have it covered. They're going to put a call out to that ancient race of robots and wipe out all biological life in the universe because uh, this is pretty much how every living machine ends up thinking in Star Trek. Picard saves the day. Picard attempts to save the day with his best power, indignant speeches, but these guys are completely resistant to those, which might make them the most terrifying threat we've ever encountered. Like, even the Borg realized his speech power was more valuable as part of their arsenal, and that's basically why they recruited him instead of just killing him. Then JLP and his guys are put under house arrest, and the Romulan fleet closes in, and we're in one of those to-be-continued situation, and... Guys, I'm starting to think none of this actually has anything to do with Sela after all. It's okay. There's still time for her to show up right at the end. Well, humans, you know, you know. Bah! I'm not going to say it again. Bah! No, I don't think it's her now. Speaking of autocomplete, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, a lot of stuff going on, and it definitely feels like the, the penultimate, like, you know, like mm -hmm. the, the big spectacle finale is about to happen, which is nice. And I like we're still... You know, we've still got that sort of smaller, like, things are still smaller, you know? Like, it's talking about the genocide of a people, but it's only a genocide of about 30 people, you know? Well, I mean, if the synths do their thing, they're gonna, like, their their bigger mission is gonna be to wipe out by, like, you know. Okay, that's true. There is the whole kill all humans thing. Yeah, but that's kind of the next step. It's not... Mm -hmm. It's not imminent danger. It's it's after the, the current danger, so. So, they're using hidden robots. Mm-hmm. To cut, to basically unleash like a force that'll take out all uh, all biology in the universe. Um, that's Mass Effect. Okay, that's the plot of Mass Effect. I mean, you've de like I'm completely unfamiliar with Mass Effect. I know sure. you and Amanda and Vishal and several other people 
that I know mm-hmm. are big into those games. I don't know them, but you've called out some of that influence on the visuals I know. Yeah, there's also a lot a lot of the, the design looks like that too. It really feels like someone someone on the design team is a big fan. Uh, or, La Serena looks a lot like a Mass Effect ship. Or it could just be like that, you know, it could be they literally got the same people. I mean, that's entirely also true. Like, video games are so good, like, visually now that quite possibly the visual effects people on a video game could work on a high-profile science fiction show. Mm-hmm. Also, it could be just that they contributed to the aesthetic, like, the modern aesthetic of yep. science fiction. Like, I mean, there's de- that's definitely possible. Like, I've I mean, been seeing a lot of Mass Effect-looking stuff in sci-fi lately. Yeah, I mean, we all saw a lot of very Star Wars-influenced stuff in the late 70s, early 80s. Sure. And then Alien got in the mix, and, you know, like, that, that, that happens. Mm-hmm. They're part of the zeitgeist. It just occurred to me just as you were talking, just like, oh, fuck, that's Mass Effect's plot. Yeah. No, and I've seen a couple of those clickbaity sites suggesting that it might be Control from Disco. Yeah. And it sure feels like it. Like, the big... That could entirely be possible, yeah. The main villain of this season is basically the main villain of season two of Discovery. Yeah. Evil Computer. Yeah. And I'm very evil computer intent on wiping out all biological mm-hmm. life. And I don't want that. Like, I didn't even hate control. Like, for all my problems with disco, that was fine. But it just like it feels like this show needs to be its own thing, especially in its first season, especially since they're like trading on so much next gen stuff. And we mm-hmm. we like most of that. Like, yeah. Almost, almost all of it, I would say. Like, they're doing a good job of building on the foundation of what came before with this character. But. Just suddenly bringing in a thing from the other currently running yeah. series feels a little cheap. You know, I like, I would say a crossover between those two shows is almost inevitable. That's I just fine. don't want to see it yet, and I don't think I want to see it this way. No, no, I would much rather like. I, I mean, I don't know. I I'd have to think about it for a minute. I'm sure between the two of us, we could come up with some really interesting things. Oh, like, sure, ways they could pull that off. Like, you know. But this, yeah, making the same villain that the Disco just fought and hasn't actually defeated yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know what this is. I think we're going to find out next week. Mm-hmm. I don't. And I don't. Uh, could be. <laughs> but I don't, like, once again, I don't feel jerked around. I feel like everything's moving forward. Mm-hmm. I feel like all the answers that we wanted have been presented or will clearly be presented next week. Like, that's been one of my main things because serialized television these days is so bad at that yeah just especially mystery box shows just jerking you around and making you feel like they don't know where they're going and you're coming along with them while they're trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. and the show hasn't really been like that yeah uh all of that said they did sure suddenly just remember that Picard's got some uh in like uh oncoming mental problems that's another like it 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 between that and like we also have uh Agnes and uh Rios have a little moment together in this one and it's just like it feels like bringing that stuff up at the beginning and at the end doesn't really work you have to do a little work there like the they they've shortcut some of these things like like we were saying when 7 took over the board queue mm-hmm. they they put in the work in Voyager so that's okay yeah and his relationship with the Rikers, obviously, yeah, but and, and like, also with Data, but yeah, th- anything new with these this group of characters needs a minute. Yeah, exactly, and like you gotta sort of seed it throughout the the series. You can't do it. You you don't have to do it every episode, but you can't just rely on the previously on to do the work for you. You know, 
No, Agnes and and Rios like physically hooked up. They had sex, mm-hmm. and we're not really like I was not under the impression there was they were in love. No, I had a weird like I was watching it, and I'm like, oh, this is out of nowhere. Oh wait, no, they fucked. They did, and I I didn't hate that, but again, it felt like there was no build up to that. Yeah, it just suddenly happened. Yeah, and it was weird. And then now it's like now they're at the. Oh, how can we stand to be split up because we have so much, so many feelings for each other? And it's like, do you really? You, you boned, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm not complaining about that. I, you know, like characters can. I, I think we're in a good place where characters can hook up, and it's not like a scandal. It's just, yeah, like, ah, these are two adults, and they fucked. Who cares? Well, but they didn't really earn this this uh, emotional connection at all. Right. And also, like, Agnes just killed her long-term boyfriend <laughs> this week. Yeah. Like, maybe give her a month of recovery before she gets into another relationship? Just a thought. You know, I'm like, I'm not here to tell anyone what to do, but... Well, I mean, he was already the rebound dude, and that was pretty clear. Uh-huh. But also, yeah. I, uh... I mean, the show hasn't forgotten that she killed him. It does come up, but what I said in my summary is 100% true. Soong just kind of goes, shame on you. And then, okay, now here's some work I want you to do for me. Yeah, it, it's like, what? it feels like he doesn't give a shit. He's just like, well, now I got some leverage over Agnes. Yeah, I guess so. Or, uh, yeah, I can, shame. I, can, I can make her feel guilty and, and, you know, get her to do what I want. Mm-hmm. Which, all right, you know, yeah, the Soong I mean, family has never been, exactly been known for their compassion. No, Data's the only, like, Data is an outlier in that family, which is a bunch of jerks. Mm -hmm. Like, if there's anything we've picked up on since we started watching Star Trek, it's that everyone in that family is a fucking asshole. Yeah, going back to the Enterprise era, even. Yep. That guy sucked so much. Yep. They all sucked. Are you talking about, uh, God, I don't fucking remember his first fucking name. I believe it was Eric, but it was like Eric with an A. It was like Eric. Eric. Eric, I believe I'll in. I'll, I believe my grandson will invent an android. Uh huh. And then he starts drawing robots. Uh huh. That's not how. That's not how heredity works. You mm-hmm. don't start drawing it so that one day, two generations from now. Also, how are you going to have a kid? You're in prison. How is everyone in this family obsessed with making androids? By the way, like, there's not one guy who's like, "Fuck this! I'm going to go join a rock band." I mean, there might be. There's, like I said, there's, there's, uh. There's unrevealed soongs all over the damn place. Yeah, you're, I, rem, I, I remember I had the same thought as you did, just like, really? A nut, like, the, he had a son he didn't talk about. Well, he kept, it, he, he kept talking about Data and Laura being his sons, and so it feels like his biological son might have come up once in that conversation. Yeah, right, but you, no, you know what? There's nothing in the world more Noonien soong than, I got a biological kid I made, but he's not as interesting as his brother's Data. Or lore, or mm-hmm. B four, mm-hmm. you also, know. Those I guys. An, also, I made an android duplicate of my wife, who my doesn't wife. know she's an android. Wait, God, I made f- like a like a shit ton of androids, and this kid I don't give a fuck about. And now this kid, I assume, has horrible daddy issues and wants to live up to his dad's mm-hmm. legacy, even though his dad didn't give a fuck about him. This reminder the Noonien Soong voice is incredibly fun to do. <laughs> I, I've, I'm just getting over a mild cold. It is, it is not the coronavirus, but it is a cold, and so I got froggy voice, so I can't join you, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, it's very disappointing. I could do Armist real well right now, but 
Oh, I got the uh, froggy voice. Hi, hmm. Hi, Soong here. <laughs> the creator of data and lore. And B4. And B4. Yay! And Cookie uh, Monster. <laughs> but I did, I did actually like, like, okay, he's goofy as hell. Uh-huh. He always is. Sure. But this is my good thing. They found a way to bring Spiner back that isn't trying to convince, like, getting him to, to squeeze into his spanks yeah. and a bunch of makeup and say, look, it's the eternally young data. No, it's not. These guys are all getting older, man. Yeah. And he's playing an actual older man. And mm-hmm. he's, instead of chewing the fuck out of the scenery in that, I mean, you know, it is a delightful voice to do. You're right. Sure. But, and and putting him in all that crazy old man makeup, they're just like, here he is. Here's mm-hmm. a normal amount of actor makeup, not a lot of prosthetics and stuff. Yep. And he just looks like an older dude and he's a little crazy. He even introduces himself as a mad scientist. Yeah. And I like that. I like that he's kind of like, he's he's dialed it back and he's playing into his own physical appearance. And it's it's one of the better ways I've seen to bring one of the old guys back. You know, yeah, like, it, it works real well. And it absolutely makes sense that there's, that Bruce Maddox didn't do all this by himself. Mm-hmm. And what they ended up saying was, okay, uh, Sung makes the bodies and uh, Maddox makes the, the brains. And yeah, that, that kind of tracks. I get yeah. that. And the project he's got Agnes working on is making a robot body for a brain transfer for question marks. I'm like, well, that's obviously going to be some big payoff next week. But who? Well, it's clearly made. It's cl- it, it's what I got was like Sung's going to put his brain in there because he doesn't want to die. going to put his brain in a robot body like so much C-Lab. Yeah, but why? Well, it, first of all, it should be an Adrian Barbobot if that's the case. <laughs> and second, I don't think like we're we're heading into the finale, and the fact that they didn't tell us yet means it's going to be a big, shocking reveal. Mm-hmm. The fact that some guy we met five minutes ago is building himself a robot body is not that exciting. Oh, I don't like. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it's that we have a spare robot body floating around, and the ability to put someone's brain in it, like. The last person in the world who's going to end up in there is Spiner. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Like, I was, I was trying to figure that one out, and mm. good job, Picard Joe. I don't know. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't predict options. this one. Yeah. My first thought uh, was, well, this is a good way to cure his uh, his brain disease. Well, uh, and uh, Tidro happens to be here visiting me, and she was watching it with me, and she's mm. like, uh, well, they're going to the robot planet. Uh, like, you know, they talked about the android stem cells would have been able to cure the Riker's kid. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to cure Picard's brain thing. I was yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. But they did say, they did lay that groundwork. It wouldn't mm. be from out of nowhere if they did that. Yeah. So I don't know. I kind of like dramatically, like, I know it'll be hard for you to watch. I appreciate that. But I kind of like dramatically watching him fall apart and not being able to do anything about well, it. Well, I think that, like, I was thinking of this, especially this episode, because he's got this moment with Elmo and Seven uh-huh. Where he's leaving, and there's a very "you're not going to see me again" because I'm dying thing, uh-huh. and I think doing the Picard show as Picard's last hurrah is like a good way to take the series. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like a remix of uh, all good things, mm-hmm. and you har- there's hardly any of the same elements of it. But yeah, the, broadly speaking, it's he comes out of retirement for one last gig, and he's losing his mind. Yeah, and I'm I'm on, I'm on board with that. The That's only fine. problem there is we know it's coming back for season two. But that doesn't mean he's going to die next week. It, sure. He's still going to die soon. Yeah. But that's that's the thing. And I think that's the thing they need to be aware of is that they've built a TV show around an extremely old man. Yeah. And like, I think like, you know, it's a good direction to take to have to have this be it, you know, it for Picard. Yeah, I agree. 
but I again, I'm excited that I can't immediately predict what's going to happen. Yeah, right. So that's that's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk more about this planet of of synths. This oh, is hang, hang on before we get off before we get mm-hmm. off a uh, uh, Spiner. Of course. Um. So I saw his name in the credits, and my first thought when we get to the the android planet was. Okay, so we're going to pull back the curtain and it's going to be Data as, like, the king of this android planet. Oh, my my thought was that it's going to be lore in, on this planet of sinister androids. Oh, yeah, that could work, too. But That I'm would be so, so much more. Oh, so glad they didn't do that. No, me too. I honestly, I, then I thought, oh, maybe we'll get more flashbacks or dreams or, you know. Yeah. Like, there's a million ways they could have done that. That's so. just, this is my th- my first thought. It's literally that yeah. Simpsons thing, don't be the boy, don't be the boy. <laughs> It could so easily have been Lore, though, because we I don't think we've accounted for Lore. No, he died he, at the end of Magic Castle, I believe. But Yes, and his, his disassembled body was on the Enterprise-D. We saw it. Yeah. And but then not that's long a, that's after that, the Enterprise-D crashed. Yeah. And yeah, who knows? That's an easy fix, and it's like, it's the next th- best thing. Actually, it might be better than the Sela reveal, honestly. I mean, yeah, but so. Yeah. there's There weren't a lot of good big villains on next gen mm-hmm. there there just weren't yeah and uh, you know what was great about that show was the characters and some really good stories but like there weren't a ton of villains that weren't like one i mean i guess you could make an argument for q but after that yeah <clears throat> Tom, we've talked about this tom yeah. wasn't like full-on evil he was just kind of a guy like picard who he faced down a lot but he wasn't evil yeah and you know sailor sucked and uh-huh that's and the thing sisters are dead and yeah you know <laughs> I remember when Nemesis came out and B4 was in a bunch of the trailers. And my first thought was like, oh, that's Lore. They're going to make Lore the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was excited about that because he never really lived up to any of the potential that character had in the show. He just kind of yeah, showed up him and a, sucked a couple of times. Put it, That's true. If you put him in a big, like, uh, movie scale thing, mm. maybe they could pay off that that uh, that whole concept. Yeah. That's a good point. They didn't. Yeah. Instead, no. they gave us Nemesis. Yeah. Okay. So let let's talk about Synth Planet. Yeah. Because this is your good thing. I really like Creepy Synth Planet. Um, mm-hmm. it's got a very unique aesthetic to it, which I would describe as a combination of white person who's very much into Indian culture mm-hmm. and person who watched a lot of The Way to Eden. <laughs> I I don't know. Like I said in my summary, I got a real. Like, next-gen, like, Justice Planet vibe, or, like, a lot of those planets that Voyager would visit where people were in togas or whatever, mm-hmm. and, like, the establishing shot looked a bit like a mall, or you said it looked familiar to you. It looked like an aquarium I used to go to as a kid. Yeah, and I feel like now we don't need to shoot on, you know, existing places to mm-hmm. make them look alien. They can make whatever they want, and it was like, this must be by design. Yeah. They must have made it look like this on purpose, and I don't know why. Yeah, well, it looks very like it looks like a university, you know, yeah, like it a, does. like a small like a small university. Yeah, that's true. I, and like I mean, the... oh, that kind of make that kind of makes sense for a place designed by a bunch of scientists and some robots, you know. Right, and and they're all like the the androids are all learning, of, yeah, you know, probably what it means to be human because of mm. course they are. Oh, but what, did... what else are they going to learn about? Yeah. But generally speaking, they're they're there to learn. Uh-huh. So it makes sense. But you know, I didn't I didn't love the look of the actual like the the main set where everyone lived. I did like the the surrounding planet itself, though. Oh, the planet's really cool. They do that uh, that th- that thing they did in Disco with like it's you know it's just like yeah you start with a with an existing sort of like it looks like the southwestern U.S. But yeah. then you you tweak it in post and you like weird looking plants and some animals flying around that aren't 
Yeah, there's like red and purple bushes and stuff. It looks really cool. Yeah. Um, and I like that all of the uh, fauna in the uh, the the what is it? Capelli, Capa, Capa Field. What is it called? <laughs> yeah, the the um the planet that they went to. The, in the, the Goulian system. Yes, the Ghoul the Goulian system. God damn it, I wrote it down and now I can't find it. Anyway, the the uh the, the station that they're on, I like that all the animals there are robot animals. Yes. Like there's a robot butterfly that flies by mm-hmm. and they they recreated Spot as as a robot. Uh-huh. And I don't know. That amuses me. Yep. Capillia um, station. That's it, thank you. Um but overall I I did enjoy all of that mm-hmm. and the people they cast were very good and uh what's her name who played Dodge and Soji like I wasn't entirely sold on her acting but she definitely brought some new things she does evil sinister robot very well yes you know just a, I, a, a completely different character to Dodge and Soji yep and I like I think what we're meant to take away is that the earlier models look more like data they have the gold skin and the, mm-hmm. the you know the weird eyes yeah and now they look more humanish, but mm-hmm. uh, so it gave her a chance to look a bit different, and that was all pretty good. She really like she takes all of the the weird aspects of Data, who was like such a <clears throat> such a such a good nice character, mm-hmm. and she really sinisters them up. I mean, I would say Spiner did that with Lore before. Like, oh, I can all, yeah, sure. For all the problems we had with with the character and what they did with him, he definitely did a good job of that. Yeah. But she's got like she's got like a look with those data eyes that's really off putting. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And and there's several of them on the planet that are mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but okay, let's get to my bad thing though. One of them mind melds with Agnes because yeah. reasons. And okay, there's a couple of things here. First, yeah. uh, this is something we've been saying since the show started. Star Trek loves to use mind melding as an easy escape hatch when they need to move the plot along. It's see, it's like they're using it as an excuse to show you a montage now, you know. And I get that. And actually, uh, uh, Bob did make some notes before uh, he he ended up being too sick to to show up this week. And one of the things, like he was prepared to to debate this with mm. me, and I I kind of want to like re- respect that and and represent the other side of this. And he's like, you know, I don't have a problem with that. It's a good way to not just have people give speeches and to, I mean, fair. to deliver exposition. And that that is a fair argument. I just think they use it a lot. Mm-hmm. And like they did it in uh, Star Trek 2009 and they did it on this show a few times, like with Commodore O, for instance. Yep. And it's I don't know. Melding is supposed to just like it was always presented as this intimate personal thing. Mm-hmm. And-, and now we're to the point that a synthetic life can do it and just. To, to move the plot along, and it's eh, I don't love it. Yeah, well, a, a, a synthetic life, life, and a half like a half Romulan, like yeah, and it's presented so nothing. It just it's that's just, the biggest part. Yes, it's the fact that it was supposed to be this special thing. Yeah, and, and it's in this, it's just Spiner going like, oh, yeah, she fucking loves Vulcan culture. She could even do the mind weld. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> She she eats Vulcan tacos all the time. She's yeah, she loves them. Basically, one of them. Oh, you boy. should see how far she can hurl a bowl of plumic soup. <laughs> I mean, that is an Olympic sport on Vulcan. <laughs> also, to your to your previous point about Commodore O being half uh, Romulan, mm. uh, Spock was of course half human and he could do it. So, oh, you know what? Fair point. But that said, it should I'll still see be something. Out. <laughs> yeah, what do you know about Star Trek, Matt? <laughs> Jeez. 
No, it just, it feels like, it feels like it's something special that takes a lot of training and mm-hmm. it's very intimate and it should definitely involve consent. And here it did. They did address that. Yeah. But there's other, I don't know. It just, you're right. It feels like this throwaway thing that anyone can do. Yeah. At any t- at the drop of any hat. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, ah. Uh. But that said, we did get a whole montage and uh, this leads into your bad thing. <laughs> So we get a, uh, you mentioned this while we were watching it, very familiar uh, life montage. Wasn't it the same basic idea that, that Control presented? Like I would have to go back and watch that episode again yeah, to but be it seems, sure, but it, you're right, it seems very familiar. Yeah, I need to I need to, to spark my own memory as well, but it sure feels like we went through a very similar progression of like, biological life came, and then they decayed, and they were imperfect, but they created synthetic life which is perfect mm-hmm. and it must eradicate the imperfection you know like okay, ignoring okay. all of that all of that uh again very Battlestar Galactica too of course but also the one of the examples of biological life decaying and being imperfect yeah was... we get a great shot of a dead fox that in uh in um what the hell do you call it um I don't know decomposing like what do you mean no I the, how the, how it's filmed oh um, this like the uh time lapse time lapse thank you uh very realistic fo- uh dead fox rotting in uh in uh time yeah, lapse maggots forming as on it's, its devoured by its eight trillion maggots yep and uh hey thanks I'm having a hard enough time this week as it is Star Trek I sure didn't need that in my life yeah, I and again looking over the the notes that Bob had here, he he was really disturbed by that as well. Like it's <laughs> fucking gross. I, I I it didn't really click with me that way. I totally uh-huh. see that, but to me it was just like, oh, this is just like maybe they made it, but it still felt like stock footage. Mm-hmm. Like it could be original for the show, but it had the feel of I'm making a documentary. Here's some B roll while we talk. Yep, it didn't didn't really feel like anything to me, but I I totally get. I, that Fucking is to its gross. Th- that is to its credit a bit though because it probably was created by their their visual effects guys. Oh, I'm sure. And if it provoked that reaction in you, that means they did a very good job of like, like they they're asked to build you know alien spaceships and robots and stuff all the time, mm-hmm. but making a thing that you're already familiar with as part of normal Earth stuff and grossing you out, you know that's a that's a skill too. You know what I mean? I mean, fair, fair enough. That's like good job, guys. You yeah. you made you made some people very uncomfortable. <laughs> good work. You get a gold star or uh-huh. possibly a pukey mouth. I'm not sure. <laughs> Is that after like like Amanda loves to go to restaurants that have like the the line face, the sort of like yeah. the, the this is fine, this is clean enough. Is yeah. the one below that like a pukey mouth? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um so let's talk about those flowers. I liked those. Flowers. <laughs> flowers for John Luck Pickard. I mean, they were coming for him. Uh-huh. They were those, coming for Pickard. Those flowers fucking rule. Yeah, they were like literally space orchids that attacked ships. And just the 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 weird contrast of especially the Borg ship, but all of the ships just mm-hmm. being so, you know, pointy and metal and technological, having this flowy biological thing like fucking it all up was you know, very good. Well, first of all, it's definitely something we haven't seen before. And I yeah. like it's really cool getting into the more like sort of biological stuff in yeah. your in your space in your space cool space fights. They've teased that stuff in Star Trek before, but they mm-hmm. haven't really done it in a way that I've I've loved. And it's always like a one off, you know, like alien of the week thing. And sure. I'd love to get more into that. Well, and effects are good enough now that it looks just really fucking cool when it's wrapped or when it's just yanking that Borg ship down to the planet. 
Well, the way those sort of long petals like flow through space mm. look look like more like tendrils or or tentacles or you know like it's got a just the the physics of it the way it moves is very interesting. There's a cool shot when we're on uh, Les Arena where uh, we, you can see this sort of these sort of shapes approaching and like the scanners pick them up. <laughs> yep. And my first thought was like those look like the wooden ships from DS9. Ooh, and I yeah, thought I that was that. really cool for a second. No, what I'm laughing at is uh, Rafi's reaction to that was like she's, you know, she's doing the dutiful thing. She's at the she's at the the station and she's mm. pulling up the things and she's analyzing the data as quickly as she can. And she's like, they look like, and the the, the disbelief on her face mm-hmm. that we're being attacked by flowers. And I don't remember the exact line, but it's just she's she's doing her best and uh-huh. then it's like what what the f-? it's like whoever was on the enterprise when the giant green hand yep. came from them it's just like i am anal ah oh, fuck what is this it looks this like is- they're flowers uh, what or captains as far Captain, as i can tell i believe we've made contact with abraham lincoln <laughs> can i take the rest of the day off yeah i don't I- need this in my life this is going on the official ship's log Apparently it's President's Day, so I'm out. We, we got to figure out a way to do that in fucking Endeavor. Oh, we've talked about it, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, Flonk was going to write a short. He's like, uh, what What presidents haven't you played yet? <laughs> uh, and it's only like, there's only like five left that I haven't done yet. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure about the whole seven. Like, I liked the whole seven uh, being tempted by being a Borg Queen mm-hmm. thing continuing that like it's cool to see her again yeah and it's cool that she's there to help them Mm -hmm. but i don't know what they're playing at like i'm not sure like apart from having some allies Mm -hmm. i don't know story-wise what the point of her is you know what i mean yeah i love her i love seeing Mm -hmm. her i'm not complaining unless they've got like big plans for her for next year it just it it doesn't exactly fit the themes of all the other stuff yeah it's just like, and also we have a friend nearby. Yeah. Like, uh, it just, it feels, I don't know. I, I, I probably I should wait till next week because maybe it'll pay off in a way that I'm not yeah. realizing. But right now it just feels, I don't know. I, but again, great seeing her again and great seeing her in another mode. Mm-hmm. Like first, first time we saw her, she was badass action hero. Second time she got a lot more, to a lot more of the science stuff that I wanted them to do before. Yeah. This time she's full on like a leader. Like, yeah, she is in charge. She is taken charge of reclaiming this cube and, and mm-hmm. saving who can still be saved and like like she's a badass captain now and this it's is great. like this is sort of the perfect version of seven at this point like this is the seven i'm really excited to see yeah you know i i, I mean except every time we cut to her we're gonna have to see elmo oh yeah i'm not thrilled about that he's he's still a thing <laughs> <laughs> on beast screens with seven now I knew you would all in Captain. <laughs> I think we're making him more New Zealander than Australian. That's because we're terrible at accents. In case yeah, you guys... we certainly are. If you're just learning this now, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> We've been this terrible for ten years. Uh huh. That throwing stings. That throwing sticks boomeranged at you. There. Hey, that's it. Nate came on the show and said our bad accents was the best part of it. So, well, I mean, you know, Nate approved is pretty high praise. Uh huh. We should put that also, on the uh, put put that on the cover. Also, we have a um, we have an acclaimed video game where we did bad accents the whole time. So. We sure fucking did. <laughs> it's got like ninety three percent on Steam, so mm-hmm. you, you know we we do okay with our terrible accents. Yep. But yeah, uh, Elmo is is awful. <laughs> Still nothing. Still uh, he so 
Picard, you you mentioned this earlier. Picard mm-hmm. has his like sort of goodbye moment with him. Like this might be the last time I see you. Thing. Yep. And he says, "I'm very proud of you." And it's like the entire crew of the 1701D is like, "We've waited our whole lives to hear that," and you tell it to him. This chump. This 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 guy you knew as a kid, and you mm-hmm. had a very sweet relationship then, and then you you sort of reconnected for about a week, uh-huh. and you're proud of him. Come on, man. You're my best friend, Picard. Uh, yes, Worf. I am also fond of you, Elmo. <laughs> Worf is like crying in his blood wine. Like, I just wanted some dad somewhere to be proud of me. Fucking Ensign Rowe, somewhere out there in oh, space. Oh, God. Just go yeah. to. I worked so fucking hard to get a smile from this guy. You think I wanted to put that uniform back on again? I did all of that for him and Fuck nothing. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but speaking of Picard and dealing with his feelings with 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 everyone, mm-hmm. there is an excellent bit. This would have been my quote, but it it doesn't really play out as well in audio. I think there's a bit where he's like uh, having his sort of tearful goodbye with Raffi, yeah, and and she says, "Look, I've been going through a lot of shit right now, and I've I've, I've realized a lot of things, and I don't want to lose you. I I love you, JL, and it's very sweet." And she says. You don't need to say it back. That's what her mouth says. Her eyes are desperately saying, please say it back. Yeah. Please say it back. God, I'm putting myself on the line here. And if you don't say it back, it's going to kill me. And like, this is the the stuff where like, the, this is where you like, see the woman that plays Rafi is very good. Like, yes. it's something I, I've been thinking about a lot since she showed up. It's like, do I like her as an actor or not? And she's so good in this stuff. There's a she has some of the of- base fucking, best fucking facial acting. Yes. I mean, I think Allison Pill, like, destroys everyone else with that. Oh, yeah. She's got some amazing agni- Like, she does a lower lip tremble. Oh, yeah. That It'll could, break you. <laughs> it could be a cartoon gesture if you did it just a little harder, but she mm-hmm. does it just enough that you take it seriously and you feel really bad for yeah. her. Um, but, no, the, the woman who plays Raffi, and I don't know her name off the top of my head. Sure. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There's a there's a couple of sort of comedic things that she tries to do that I think she's a little over the top. But like her comedy drunk is a little. That's not much that wasn't great. And her backstory is kind of nothing. But th- anything with Picard, anything with her relationship with him has mm-hmm. been, I think, gold. Yes. Like their their sort of contentious relationship early on, and like her falling right back into the patterns yep. of taking his orders and doing everything he says and trying to earn his approval, and then this. And it was such a good scene. Mm-hmm. And Picard hears, you don't have to say it back to me. And he says, I don't have to say it back. Okay. And just milks it for a minute. Yep. And she's just looking at him with these giant puppy dog eyes. And it's like, oh, you dick. He's like, I, I guess I love you too, Rafi. Let's never speak of this again. Goodbye. It's, it's very good. And it's so, like, it's so Picard just fucking with her. And it's it's so funny. Well, we we kind of went back and forth about this because you it's your assertion that he's 100% messing with her and intended yes. to say it all along. And yeah. I, can, I can see that. I, I also think maybe he's not completely 100% comfortable with all this yet. Mm-hmm. And I, m- maybe there's some legitimate, like, hesitation there. I could see that, but he has, like, his relationship with her has felt so close. And he is, like, you you can see how much she mattered to him and how bad he feels about how he's treated her over the years. Yeah, you're probably right. You know? And also a, a lot of like a lot of that stuff with baby Elmo too was very like yeah, was very much felt like oh, this guy's co- like this guy is, it has come completely out of his shell at this point. It only took 80 years. 
Well, yeah, and and I think he was talking to one of the warrior nuns about this, where they're like, yes, the famous Captain Picard, he hates children, and he's mm-hmm. emotionally distant. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he, like, picks up baby Elmo and, like, puts him on his shoulders and, come on, let's go throw the ball around, son. Let me tell you about the time I met Mark Twain. Uh, nobody wants to hear that story, sir. Everyone wants to hear that story. I'm very famous. <laughs> Uh, look, you've got so many good stories. Nobody needs to hear about Samuel goddamn Clemens. I have two stories. One of them is about how I met, I met to Mark Twain, and the other one is about how I lived on another planet and learned how to play the flute. Okay, let's hear Mark Twain then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a very good moment, and either way you want to interpret it, it was still a good moment. Uh-huh. The, the thing that put a little doubt into my head is as he's walking away, he, he wasn't smirking mm-hmm. like... Like, ah, I got her good. It was more like, that was a very difficult thing for me to do. Like, See, I thought I, I thought he was no-selling it. Like, that's his poker face. It could be. Could absolutely be. And that's one of the great things about Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. is that it could, like, he put so much into it that we could read different things and they both still work. Yep. It was a very good scene either way. But unfortunately, most of it is pausing and hesitation and it just, it, it wouldn't really work as a quote. Yeah. So, the quote that I did go with is... um. Uh, they're talking about all these uh, warbirds coming in. <sighs> oh, man. How many? Uh, 218 warbirds. Oh, 218. Mm-hmm. That's not so bad. True. You really only have to worry about the first 109. So that made me happy. That's great. Yeah. I feel like... Whatever happens next week, we're probably going to lose some of these people. Maybe not mm. killing them, but I feel like we'll probably like reset the board for season two. Well, see, this you is why I mean? my first go-to is Agnes getting getting the robot body. Because like, why though? Well, Spiner wants her help with the project, so we've got that connection right there. Yeah, but she said kill, she killed he... Maddox, so she has to die. Like, yeah, that's her punishment for killing Maddox. But we like her, and we want to keep her in the show, so we ever come back as a robot. Mm, but he said, like, we don't have much time, and it kind of sounded like, I've been trying to crack this for a while because someone's about to die. Like, See, that's why this is my thinking, is they're going to use her brain as the, like, oh, we'll test it on, y- on you yeah, to see if it works. So that's not the plan, but it'll end up that way. Exactly. That's, that's my thinking, yeah. anyway, and we'll see. But <laughs> That's a thought. It covers, wish- it covers a lot of bases. Yeah, you're right. And it'd be interesting to put the woman who has done so much work on androids into an android body. Well, that's that's what I was about to say. I don't feel like it's a punishment for her to murder to for the roboticist to now be a robot. I feel no, no. like her punishment this is a reward is, not, is getting killed. Ah, losing her human body. She doesn't care about mm. that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, well, like I wish I was better at this kind of thing. Yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to start a pool. Mm-hmm. Is what I mean. Like I'd love to be able to like everyone put their theory in here and we'll calculate the odds and put money on it and you know like i mean like a quarter not like yeah. real money uh, just to see who wins i will uh, but i'm i'm not good at that i will tell you that mal is fucking amazing at that i have spent watch so many shows with her where she'll go okay that's the murderer i was like that's not revealed for another eight episodes uh-huh. she'll go yeah i know but this this and this i I'll mean, just sort TV... of look at her like god how do you do that because tv is very predictable i'm yeah you know i do that sometimes too i mean you know it's like what are you the fiction whisperer <laughs> No, it's just everyone uses the same tired formulas. <laughs> and if you can see them, that makes TV much less entertaining. That is also true. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, let's see. 
That's about all I have, actually. I just scanned my notes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking Narek. <laughs> Boy, you don't like him. I don't. He's got some real ex-boyfriend vibes, though. Like, they're I, really th- I feel like that's that. intentional, and I like it, you know? Yeah. No, I do, too. He's trying to, like, I'm sorry I did that, Soji. I had your best interests, and now I want to, like, let me save myself. And she's like, fuck off. Yeah. I'm done with good. your shit. Oh, no. Let me find someone who looks just like you and uh, keep going. I do think there's probably some extra plot going on there where they, I don't know, she I sent did, him back to the Romulans with a plan or something. I, I, I think we'll find out what that is next week. I Yeah, we're going to find out everything yeah. next week. Uh, but that's all I have. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's everything I got. All right. Well, I did my quote already, so yep. I suppose that's it. <laughs> Matt, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, no. Okay. No, that's you. Like, I I don't know. We've had guests so many weeks in a row now. That's just the, okay, we're done. Yeah. Make sure, like, I got a big note here. Make sure the guest plugs their thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just me and Matt this week. Yeah. Why don't you tell them about Endeavor? You know all my shit, man. Check out Endeavor. Uh, it's still coming out first of every month. Uh, What are we on now? Uh, we we are in the production cycle. Of, well, we're we're just wrapping up the production of episode two of season two. Okay, and you and I just started breaking number three. Yep. So 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 that's it's happening. Still, it's like everything's falling apart in the world, but that is still right now. the The nice thing about everyone having to stay in their homes mm-hmm. is that our voice actors are way more available than they usually yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to look on the bright side here. Yeah, some of us um, have a lot more free time to write scripts now. Uh there there is also that. Um. Let's see. So next time is the big season finale. Uh, Nate will be joining us for that. Yeah. That's that's exciting. Uh, our email address, as ever, postatomichorror at Gmail. The website, postatomichorror.com. The Tumblr, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We're on Twitter, at Algar, at RobotMatt. Mm-hmm. And that's all for this time. Yeah, see you, folks. The Postatomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2020. Please don't sue us, we're just doing this for fun.